0: hello this is emma i am sans antonella for this intro today just because in the interest of time it made sense for me to record this podcast intro by myself this podcast is called more than meets the eye and we're here to help you see the world through a more aesthetically pleasing lens i do know antonella's catchphrase believe it or not um anyway If you are unfamiliar with More Than Meets the Eye, um, it's a podcast about aesthetics. And may I suggest that maybe this isn't the best starter episode, only because it's one of our brand new formats um, of guest episodes uh, that we just started. This is only our second guest episode podcast. In our guest episodes, we're trying to look at aesthetics in a real-world application, particularly with people. So, we're going to be talking to artists and creators and learn about their personal aesthetics as well as how they use aesthetics to build their artistic media. This week, we're interviewing Chloe Carson, a dear friend of mine and Antonella's. Chloe is a visual artist from... I know she's originally from Westchester, New York, but I know she also partially grew up in... uh, suburbs of boston good old massachusetts which is actually where antonella met chloe in college she went to boston university just like both of us did chloe is so 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 talented um she has made so many incredible murals and both small and large-scale paintings. Some of her most recent stuff includes some really cool cornholes for her brother's wedding. And also, she recently joined the uh, Trader Joe's art department in Soho, which she'll talk about. So, you know, if you're in New York City, Soho, and you want to go see some of Chloe's work up close, stop on by at Trader Joe's. Also, if you want to check out Chloe's stuff, we do reference it here and there in the podcast. Um... You should go check out her Instagram, at Chloe Carson Art, that's C-H-L-O-E-C-A-R-S-O-N Art. Um, Her stuff is just so cool, and I would recommend you look at it just to get an idea of what we're talking about, because we will reference things kind of vaguely, like the coffin piece. Um, And if you look at it, uh, it's more clear what it is. But anyway, we love Chloe. She's amazing. So let's get to it hello hi (laughs) hello chloe how are you doing today good how are you (laughs) we're so
1: excited to have you yes thank you for deciding to do it with us um we just this is our second guest episode and we were thinking about all of our guests and they have to be artists so you obviously were brought up as an option so thank you yeah, yeah and we're
0: we're both shy so we'd like to do people we know <laughs> <I> <laughs> rather guess, than new people <laughs> exactly
1: much easier yes yeah yes. are aesthetics important to you or are they just kind of for fun
2: or both um I think they're for me definitely both I think um as an artist they're very important to my practice and they're also very important I think to how the way I present myself to the world like the clothes that I wear the accessories I choose to wear like all of those kind of things. And even like my haircut. um, And even just like, I feel like part of your aesthetic is like the way you carry yourself as well. Um, But there's also some things that are just for fun, like little things in my room that are just kind of superficial or whatever. But um, yeah, so I I definitely would say they're very important to me, but they can just be fun sometimes.
0: Yeah, I love that. I definitely want to give a little shout out to the haircut because I feel like (laughs) It's definitely evolved over the years, yes. but recently has been, like, my favorite ev- evolution. So.
2: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, I want to yeah. get, like, a full shag soon. Yeah. I just have to find someone who doesn't cost, like, $150 in New York, which is impossible. Right. So,
1: yeah. I feel like the best yeah. shags are DIY anyways, so. That's true. Some of them. <laughs> Some of
0: the worst <laughs> ones also. So. It's a mixture. <laughs> Do you think your artistic aesthetic, so you kind of talked about both but do you think that they're the same thing or and let's start with that like just do you think your artistic and personal aesthetics are the same thing
2: I think um if they're not exactly the same thing they're at least very similar um I feel like my art I think the, the biggest difference is maybe my art is a little bit more colorful than perhaps the way that I like physically dress but even in the way that I dress like my accessories tend to be colorful as well um so I do think generally, like, my artistic aesthetic and my personal one are, are pretty much the same, if not, like, slight differences.
0: Do you think that they, like, should be the same with, like, artists? Or, like, you are a visual artist in yeah. particular, too. So do you think, like, they have to be, I guess? Or do you think that just happens? Like, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Um, I don't think they have to be. I think, like, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that has, like, a super different aesthetic to, like the art they make, but I definitely think that they're out there and I feel like it depends why you make art. I think the reason that I make art, like there, there's a lot of reasons I make art, but a big one is that like, I love the way that it looks. And obviously if I'm making something that I love the way that it looks, like I'm going to make it the way that I want it to look. But I feel like for a lot of like different artists, they might not be creating something that necessarily could be the same aesthetic that they personally, mm, yeah, like. or even
1: translates yeah, to clothes exactly. Right. So, but definitely, I feel like painters, all the painters that I know, like it relates to their clothing in some way for sure, but not definitely. always, but oftentimes because it's just just the way it is, it's the nature of it. <laughs> um. So, if you could describe your aesthetic, like kind of boil it down to a sentence, if possible, <laughs> what would you say? How would you describe it?
2: I would say. It's probably somewhere in between of kid core um, and, like, like pop culture, like, American core, if that makes sense. Yeah. Along with, um, I think, hints of perhaps, like, comic, cartoon, like, aesthetics. Um, I think that sums it up. Yeah, the three of those are yeah. like probably the biggest part of my aesthetic.
0: I actually think uh, I, from an outsider perspective, like I was looking, I was stalking your your art Instagram last <laughs> night and like preparing and very like cartoon is very important, like almost like animated. Like I like kid core, but I feel like there are you bring up a lot of like adult elements as well, For sure. like a lot of stuff about like bodies and parties and and like substances, but not, like, substance abuse. Like, yeah. this is very random, but I was looking at one of the details in one of your paintings was, like, a birth control pill. Yeah. And, like, I thought that was, like, a really, like, smart and interesting and, like, relatable thing to include in that painting. Um, And, like, I think that goes beyond Kid Core a lot. You know, it, it dives more, but then cartoons can handle those things, and I think that's, like, very important to your look.
2: Yeah, definitely. I feel like Um, the painting that you're referring to specifically, I, I made that during junior year of undergrad. And I feel like my aesthetic was even different back then to the point where I feel like it's grown more into kid core, like recently, like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like whimsical, kitschy, like kind of like, like primary colors, um, very two dimensional. Um, like I'm really attracted to like cartoon characters and stickers and things like that, that you find in like Dollar Tree, like those kind of things, so, and I feel like I wasn't back then, so I definitely think my aesthetic has changed since then, but, um, yeah.
0: So we really want to break down your aesthetic now. We're hopping into the second part, which is a little more of, like, intense aesthetic study. Yeah. Um, so out there in the world, like, that you know of, you kind of talked about kid core and stuff, but are there other aesthetics that you think you pull from, maybe that aren't, like, directly, the thing that you use but like something that influences you
2: maybe like grunge or some. I don't know if I would go as far to say as like goth because I think that's like super specific but and I don't really use a lot of black in my work at all but I definitely think like certain elements of grunge like at least inspire me in certain ways like um, I feel like I always like aspire to dress in a grunge way and I never quite do it because it's never like actually the way I want to dress. But I think like certain themes and elements of like grunge core like show themselves in my work as well. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I I actually think the coffin one is not too far off. True. Um, the coffin one I skipped ahead of myself the goth one um because I was thinking about the coffin painting is like gothic in True. that it's a coffin um but like then also like I can see the goth thing but even maybe in like I don't know if this sounds crazy but like kawaii goth way yeah. almost like more like a cutesy gothic thing which is definitely like I don't think that's too far off yeah, yeah I
1: think there's a lot of subcultures of goth like the kawaii goth um and it's also kind of like a. I feel like a lot of goth is also in comics or like kind of storybook. Yeah. Like I'm thinking of like kind of dark fairy tales. Like that kind of for reminds sure. me of your coffin piece a little bit. True. Um, but True. yeah, I can definitely see the grunge aspect. Yeah, for sure. Maybe a little normcore. Yes. too. Yeah, <laughs> I always
2: claim my normcore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we love normcore. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's a good. That's a. That's a good point though. Like the in. Especially, like, growing up, like, cartoons. Like, I think, like, Gwen from Total Drama Island, like, was a goth character, but she yeah. had, like, I feel like I could see, like, her existing in, like, your, in the same field as your art. True. um Yeah. Then, or, like, the, like, Over the Garden Wall, like, cartoon, like, it's it's very whimsical, but it's got kind of, like, a darker element to it. Like, yeah. Like, those kind of, like, dark elements do exist and make them a little more gothic, I think.
1: So are there any artists whose aesthetic has uh, influenced your aesthetic, whether that's in your art or your personal aesthetics?
2: Um, that's a good question.
1: (laughs) Because I know you have people, but maybe it's hard to to think of Um, specifically.
2: I think, like, thinking of, like, specific people is hard. I do feel like um, they might not be people necessarily – well, no, I think they are to be expected. Like, a lot of them are – comic artists and cartoonists, um, like Alison Bechdel, who's a
1: cartoonist,
2: and um, what's his name? Oh, uh, Brian Lee O'Malley, who wrote, like, Scott Pilgrim, um, and, like, a lot of... Oh, Tilly Walden is a big one as well. She's really great. Um, But I think another one, um, like, Painters, uh, I really like Lisa Yuskiewicz. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her name, but... Is that the book I read? No. I don't think so. No, no, no. She's a painter. Oh, got it. Got it. She's a painter. She has this, like, really great work um, called Bonfire in the Met. Um, I think her work is, like, less what my work looks like necessarily, but it's very related to feminism and, like, women and all those kind of things. And I think that really and, – and, and it being an oil painting really resonates with me because I love to oil yeah. paint. So I think – those are the four that, like, are on the top of my head, but I'm sure there's, like, a million that I'm just not even thinking of. Um,
1: yeah.
0: I'm looking at her definitely, like, you both use, like, female form a yeah. lot. Which is, like, I could see that. But she has a cartoonist nature she does. as well. She does. Yeah. True.
2: She definitely does. Like, her older drawings specifically, like, uh, and they're very, like, I'm very into, like, caricatures. I mean, that's the same thing as cartoons, but, yeah. like, I, I feel like some of my work gets, like, more into caricature areas than like it does necessarily cartoon and she's very big into caricatures so yeah yeah she's definitely a big inspiration in that way too
0: okay so when you are diving into like the artistic process as well like when you're preparing when you're creating your art um how much of that process is like conscience do you think you're like aware of everything you're doing or do you think like some of it comes naturally with the aesthetic that you already kind of have
2: i feel like it's a mixture of both um I do I have noticed like over the years as I've gotten more comfortable in like my seam techniques and the mediums that I'm using I think it comes more naturally and I don't have to think about it as much but I definitely like I I'm someone who sometimes I'll make something and I'm like I hate that and I have to start over because I didn't Mm. do the proper planning or Mm, whatever in my sketchbook beforehand um so I would argue that like I think it, it definitely it's both but I think for me, um, it's probably more conscious than maybe for others, but yeah.
1: Well, I feel like a lot of your more recent stuff has been, like, planning framing and things like that. So that requires a lot of, like, thought beforehand to actually build the the wood panels and things like that. So you can't just, like, jump into it like it's a sketchbook, basically.
2: It's true. I feel like a lot of, like, my recent struggles since, um graduating from college and not having a studio and not really making, being able to make like really big work has been how to kind of like make really fast, like experimental work. Um, I think it's something that I I really want to improve at because my, my sketchbook right now is like my main way that I do art. Um, and and I've been doing that for a long time, but it's never, in my head like the final piece that I want to create and I'm able to work fast in my sketchbook but Mm -hmm. then turning around and like creating a piece that is purely fast and experimental I find to be really really hard um I think that like unconscious like go with the flow kind of work comes out mainly in my sketchbook um
1: yeah. Okay. But if you had like the space and all the materials, yeah, just like go at and it, and the time, and the time, of course, and you can, yeah, you could be, yeah. Now you're in a in a place where you have to be like super scheduled about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Which affects
2: the process. You won't get any time to do anything. So you have right. to like yeah. be really, really scheduled about it, which takes yeah. some of the fun out of it.
1: But when you're making things like the cornholes, did you? know exactly what they were going to be what the characters would look like or you kind
2: of added it at the end that's a really good point um I definitely had an idea like I made a sketch beforehand but I find it I don't know why I get like so much anxiety about like like there's some people who will make like a little mini painting of their paintings before they like dive in and I like don't want to do that I'm like that's so boring to me I just want to like start the the painting like I just yeah (laughs) like can I curse on this podcast am yeah. I allowed to say it? <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, wasn't I was like can I say that word um but yeah no I just like I I don't do a mini painting before I do like a little line sketch and then I I dive in so I guess that's a, a very good point but I'm thinking about what I'm doing and I like I paint over things a million like 10 out of 10 times I never like keep the thing I paint first mm-hmm. you know but that's a good point yeah. I it's also you you a lot of the time share your process yeah. in
0: like your instagram and stuff which i think is really interesting because you can kind of see in the cornholes how like yeah. the initial stuff you're doing changes into the new thing and like that's really it, it's interesting and you can see you're definitely like experimenting within an, what you do already True. which is
1: really mm. interesting is there any kind of art that you have yet to explore that you want to start getting into
2: it's so funny you mentioned that Antonella (laughs) she knows um okay so I recently bought cyanotype materials which for those of you who are not aware listening to this podcast um is a type of almost it's like a, a photographic uh a photographic what would you call it a photographic process yes that's a great word a photographic process (laughs) thank you of um using these chemicals putting a piece of fabric or piece of paper in those chemicals and then exposing it to sunlight with either shapes on top or a clear uh like using clear photo paper and creating an image using that sun um exposure and Uh, I did it in photography class during college, and I wanted to bring it back, so I bought the chemicals. Now I just have to do it. Nice. Um, And I also really want to bring um, some polymer clay. I'm not like super interested in sculpture necessarily, but um, I'm really wanting to start selling my work at art markets and fairs. Yeah. And I think making, I'm really interested in like pins um, and like collections and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So making my own pins would be really cool. Um I would probably just create shapes and then physically paint on the polymer clay cuz I'm I know how to paint but I don't really yeah. know how to sculpt. So um I think those are the two big things that I'm like really looking forward to doing yeah. very soon.
0: I think the uh I could totally see the the polymer clay pins being yeah. up your alley like your little characters like 100%. Yeah. Um that I'm interested in seeing like the you it's cyanotype? Cyanotype, type, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've seen like really like obviously like those are all over like social media yeah. and whatnot, but um I've seen like some really crazy ones, so I am very excited to see like what comes of that yeah um that's really interesting it'll be it's different. a fun one to like experiment with too, yeah,
1: it'll you think be they'll be like more like prints Sienna kind of prints or putting it onto fabric or shapes shapes
2: I've been thinking of a lot about um doing it on like tank tops or shirts and like printing yeah. shirts um I I'm really attracted to the idea of printing out images on that clear photo paper and exposing it because I think it's so it's always such a cool image like last year during school I uh printed photos of my friends and then made these giant like cyanotypes of that and those were always just so okay. fun um like, I think one of my friends did, like, their Vax card on a cyanotype, (laughs) so, like, I, I don't know, that, that kind of stuff attracts me, and, like, again, I, as I said, collection is a big part of my personal aesthetic in life, right, and, like, I have all these magazines, and stickers, and things, and the idea of taking photos of those, scanning those, and printing those on shirts, even though it's not necessarily my own work, like, I think is really cool, um, to, like, make a collage, or something like that. Absolutely, um, yeah. That's the part I'm most interested in, but I probably will experiment with, like, just basic shapes as well. hmm But, yeah. Very eclectic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> eclectic core. Eclectic core. <laughs> yeah, maximalism.
0: Yeah, but within, like, this aesthetic that you have pretty well established for yourself as yeah. well.
2: Like,
0: I think it that kind of collaging becomes easier when you have something established, because then it's, like, you already have all these elements, you have these stickers, you have these magazines that you can pull together, that all kind of overlap yeah. and then just create more art out of that, like, specific look, which is fun. Do you have any rituals for your artistic practices?
2: Um, Probably, like, the sketchbook that I, I mentioned earlier. Um, I also think reading and um, okay. writing and music are huge parts of my practice, like, whenever I am making work I'm always having I always have my headphones in I'm always listening to music um and also um I keep like a journal and a lot of my work is very personal very related to like experiences I've gone through or experiences like my friends have gone through and um that journal I think is a good way to put it into words I mean obviously my work is very comic oriented even when I'm not creating comics and so before I, like, can even create, like, a real, like, full piece, I do have to, like, make a little, like, writing. Like, write it out. Um, yeah. It helps me a lot. Um, but, yeah, I would say those are, like, the big things. Part of my yeah. rituals. Is there anything
1: you do, like, right before you start, like, specifically, other than, like, getting your
2: materials together? Not that I can think of. I Really, it is, like, turning on turning on the music... I don't like necessarily warm up, which probably is like a bad thing. <laughs> I probably like should start warming up. Um, but I just usually jump right in. Um, I never do the same thing every time. I, cause I also like, because as, as I said, I have not, I don't have a lot of time to make work. And so I try to just jump in. Um, I guess like there, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would go as far to call this a ritual because I don't do it like every time. But sometimes I'll look for inspiration on like Pinterest and stuff um or through my uh I would say actually you know I'll say it's a ritual. Mm. I look through my camera roll, I look through Pinterest and I'm like what is inspiring me today? Even when it's like something that I'm already working on. Yeah. Um I think that's a big thing because I take a million photos all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's probably part of it. Mm, yeah, referencing the camera roll. Yeah.
1: No, it's that's yeah. a good ritual.
2: Yeah. I think
0: that that's definitely a ritual too because if it's like getting your brain that almost kind of is your warm-up is like looking at things is like getting that like visual connection with like the art um I do want to go off track a little bit because I am very interested in you were talking about kind of going to your journal and like this kind of storytelling aspect I guess that you get from your when you're painting um as an artist because one of my favorite things to do is to like go look at visual art and then like come up with my own stories based off of that um i'm curious if like what is your take on that because i know a lot of visual artists have different feelings about that and like do you want to convey something specific or do you want people to be more like coming up with their own thing when they see your art
2: I would love to say, like, I want them to come up with their own thing, but it's totally not true at all. (laughs) every piece I've ever made, I've made with a very specific narrative. There's very specific characters involved. Even if they're not presenting themselves, even if you don't know the characters, like, they're there. Like, they're from my life. Every, everything I, like, even the most, like, whimsical, fun piece that I made, just for the aesthetic, like, there's a reason I made it with a specific narrative and story involved. Um, yeah. And I think there's probably people out there who say, like, no, it's, like, I want you to come up with your own thing, but I think right. – I don't – I just don't – I could never do that. Like, I, need, like, I make art as almost uh, a relief from the things that I'm going through in my day-to-day, and it's so hard for me to, like, understand the prospect of not wanting – someone to interpret it in a very specific way, you know? But
0: Yeah, I'm glad I asked because, like, just a very, like, that was a really great answer that really, like, clearly means something to you, too. Yeah. But, like, probably not what I was expecting, but not as, like, a bad way, just in, like, a, I don't know. I'm not a visual artist, so yeah. it's, like, interesting to hear that, you know?
1: Because I think it's definitely, I mean, even in our own, like, schooling as visual artists, it's always, like, up to interpretation is kind of yeah. what's pushed as the, general idea for things it's like oh like you could there could be a multitude of answers for this or like why this painter from 100 years ago created that so it's definitely that's the the narrative that's kind of no. presented
2: um but there's always one has answer. Other ideas. there's always one answer like I'm just saying it's but it's so true like I've never created something without a specific narrative in mind right and I guess there's, there's probably people out there who don't, but, um, I don't know. I, I was just talking about this with my dad who is not like very artistic and I think comes to me to talk about artistic things. Cause he's interested in my opinion. And he was saying like, I read this article about someone who was saying like, there should be no labels on walls because art should be able to speak for themselves. And I was like, I so disagree with that. Like there, there's d- definitely something to say about just looking at art and like getting something from that art But isn't it so interesting to know that like the historical like context of when it was created and who the artist was like because if one person created that that's totally different from another person creating that and art cannot be created without people and that person is so fundamental to that piece and what is coming from that piece, you know?
1: So I'm assuming you're not a separate art from the artist kind of person. (laughs) No,
2: I'm not. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think there's like, I think there's lines, but for the most yeah. part, no, I'm not.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, know, you believe in like the context behind the process and everything. Are
2: you guys separate artists from the art people? I,
1: so it's
0: different levels for me, I yes. guess, because I fully hear what you're saying and I fully agree. But I think I also can separate the art from the artist. Like, not like, I think I will still, like, want to know the context and want to understand it. But I can, like, look at, like, terrible example because it's the only example anyone ever uses. Like, a Picasso. Yeah. And be like, wow, that's a great piece of art. And, like, it's really interesting, really complex, blah, 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 blah. But then, like, also know that he's, like, a complete and utter asshole, like, in the background of that, making that painting. is like... I still want to know that. I still want to be interested yeah. in that, but I'll still look at the art too and like appreciate it and like get inspire, inspiration from it, I guess. Yeah. I'm not, I don't even like Picasso that much. It's hilarious <laughs> think, that
2: I use him as I an example. Like, but I feel like, like, um, Gogon is like a good example of like, I, I of think he's a really good painter. Like, well, <laughs> he's a really good painter. Like, but him being an asshole is part of his work because otherwise, like, I look at this work and I feel so complicated about it because I'm like, this is a good painting and he's such a good painter, but like the fact that these women are being exploited. And I know that like makes the piece what it is, you know, you, I, and I'm just talking about visual arts, by the way, like, I feel like, like musicians and like
1: directors. Yeah.
2: Like all those, like they probably have their own opinions and they're experts in their own field. But speaking only from like my personal experience as like a visual artist, I, I think like, it's so, so important for paintings and sculptures and, prints and whatever to know that context it makes the painting what it is you know
1: yeah I guess um sorry I think it's no 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 I'm just thinking about like for some reason I'm thinking of books and how it's the kind of art that you don't really always know about the author Mm, or everything and everything like that and there's certain books where I kind of wish I didn't learn about the author because it kind of ruins it for me so I will go into a book like not ever exploring so true the, the writer behind it um but yeah, like John. John I read Green. This, what John? John Green. John Green. Yeah, like they're just, but also like there's certain like generally like awful yeah. people who write books, like uh, J.K. Right. Rowling yeah. and everything. And yeah. there's been arguments that her like terrible beliefs are present in the writing in some ways. They and have like, to be. Right? There's like evidence for it and whatnot. Oh um, yeah. So I mean, you know, yeah. it, it's it's really hard because it's like you can you can kind of ignore it, but also. Like, Chloe, like you guys are saying, like, you kind of can't help that it's made by a person and they're just their natural... The artist's mm. hand is going to be present no matter right. what. Absolutely. Um, but you can try and just, like, you know, ignore it a little bit. Wait, can I ask
2: a question? Can I flip yeah. the script? Really yeah. <laughs> so I was just thinking about this. Um, I read this book called A Southern Guide to Slaying Vampires or something like that. I think it's, like, J.M. Grady or something is the author and the whole book is all about like it's it's about vampires but it's basically about these housewives and their experiences being housewives and how their husbands like and their children don't appreciate them and the work that they do and how their their work is real work um and then i flipped to the last page and i like i'm like oh i'm going to look up the author and it was a man who wrote the book and i was like okay now i like this book way less yeah. and i'm wondering like what your opinion on that is like like, can a man write for? I mean, that's, I think that's like the most simple one, but I think there's also questions of like, can people from different races write about characters that are in different races? Can like straight people or even like non trans people write for trans experiences? What do you guys think about that?
0: I think, um, again it's like a it's like a multiple layer thing right so it's like I don't have one answer for you yeah my answer is yeah kind of but like it really should be right what you know but doesn't have to be like exactly what you know because otherwise we wouldn't have any art you know um so I think like with sensitivity and with enough like research and with enough like like Meeting people and and learning about people who, like, you decide to write a subject on, I think you can do it the right way. Um, But there has to be, like, a level of sensitivity. And then there's also, like, in film, there's, like, a really interesting thing of, like, colorblind versus color... Aware casting. I don't know what the verse is. I just know colorblind is one of them. I can't remember it. But um, essentially, like you write a bunch of characters and it's a movie, and then you just cast whoever's the best actor, and it doesn't matter. And that's colorblind. Um, and like that, like the David Copperfield with um, David death Deputal. Sorry, I'm like going through this. Um, like that's like colorblind because like. It also, like, doesn't, like, none of the family lineages make any sense, but it's just about the best actor. And, like, I think that can be really interesting. Um, But then there's, like, color aware, which is also, like, when you specifically... And that tends to, like, bring a relatability thing into it because it's like, oh, this is about this Black character and their experiences as a Black person rather than kind of completely ignoring that Mm. part of who they are.
1: I was just thinking about the Emmett Till painting. Uh by oh, what's her name? What's yeah. her
2: name? Dana Schutz. Dana Sh- yeah, Dana Schutz. Oh, that's such a yeah.
1: Because her she did this like really gruesome painting of a portrait yeah. of Emmett Till as and she's like a white woman and a lot of people it's a very famous like controversial mm-hmm. painting. I think it was like right. five years ago or something, maybe even more. I
2: don't remember when it was, but it was it's yeah, like it's, in it's this decade. Getting, yeah. But, um yeah. <laughs>
1: But, you know, her argument was that, you know, she's a mother and she was drawing it from the perspective of a mother. But people were like, "Mm, I still don't think you can paint that. It's just like very inappropriate. It's almost
2: worse as a perspective, like from a mother, because then it completely erases the racial aspect of why Emmett Till was murdered. It's like, you can't come at that as from like as a white mother. (laughs) It's so wrong. She really fucked that one up. Yeah,
1: yeah, so it's it's like yeah, like paint what you know, write what you know, but also, but also, there's ways to like bring in the world around you that isn't just yeah. like your narrow lens of like yeah. being this yeah. one person, you know. yeah so definitely a line. There's a line. <laughs> there's yeah, a yeah, line. yeah.
0: There's definitely a line. I also think the Harry Potter, like J.K. Rowling, is like a good example of like she kind of just wrote what she knew, because, like, all the central characters are white, and all of the outer characters who are people of color are, um, stereotypes, basically. Mm. Um, so it is, like, definitely, like, a very, like, closed-minded way of incorporating, like, people that aren't just white. True. About um, the artists influencing, separating the art and the artists. The one film example I was going to give is um, Werner Herzog, who I hate as a human being because he's a terrible human being, um, which apparently is controversial because people, like, invite him to their movie theaters constantly. But um, he, like, he came to BU when I was there and, like, said some, like, heinous misogyny um, <laughs> in front of, like, everybody. And, what? like, literally, like, my, the professors were, like, panicking. They were like, "What? what is he saying? Like, women can't do math, women can't, like women have to be in the home like it was like horrible oh stuff oh my god oh uh, yeah like really wild but he's kind of like not a butt he his films are really interesting and like i really loved one of his films but i have to kind of come at it as like the only reason he was able to do this is because he has this personality that is so strong and that is so like i'm just gonna ignore everything and like barrel through things like bullet a trying to shop you know um And he made this really, really interesting film about Capital Punishment, where he is basically arguing that Capital Punishment is wrong and getting, like, these really inside interviews into, like, people who, like, literally, like, a guy who retired from, like, being the person who pulls the the thing on the electric chair because it was so horrible to him. You know, so it's like, he makes interesting films, but I think he's a completely terrible person, so it's weird like that. But sometimes his films irritate me. So back and forth, you know.
1: Yeah. It's difficult. I mean, because also then you think about that specific example you gave. And, like, that obviously, like, it's outer influence outside of just this director, like, caused right. something else. And it made, like, waves outside of his sphere. So you can argue that, like, you know, the way art affects an audience. Like, people talk about this all the time. Like, the art is then becomes the audience's art. Yeah, like, they right. adopt it for themselves. And, like... Yeah. Basically, the 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 whoever created it kind of just you know they put it out and like they're you know maybe not as connected to it now. It speaks to people in different ways. So right. So you kind of t- talked a little bit about your like journaling, to segue. You're ta- you talked <laughs> you talked a little bit about your journaling um, and like your the meaning the very specific meanings that you have behind all of your paintings and everything. It's very specific to you. Um, yeah. So do you feel like there's any sort of, like, aesthetic choices that you make that um, convey that meaning? Or is there any reason that you make things look the way they look for the meaning specifically? Does that make sense?
2: Yes, (laughs) Uh, it does. I feel like definitely yes. Um, Kind of like what I was saying um, to Emma's question about, like, do you do everything with a purpose? Does like or do you just like want everything to be interpreted the way it's interpreted? And I like I feel like a lot of aesthetic choices in my work um are on purpose. Like thinking about the coffin, um the type of shoes she was wearing, like the Mary Janes was specifically to like call back on her how young she was um mm-hmm. and like show that like she was supposed to be my age, which was at the time twenty one. Um, like the pigtails as well. So definitely, I think that's true. And I think in my personal aesthetic, um, I would say, I think I dress a little bit or recently, I've been dressing a lot more. um, I don't know if I would go as go as far to say like androgynous, maybe just more like masculine in the way that I dress. And I think it's a very um, it's a very specific thing I'm trying to convey. I think like recently, I like, It's not necessarily related to gender identity, but more so related to the way I want to be perceived specifically by, like, men. Um, And I think conveying that with a specific aesthetic is, like, very easy to do and very important. And, yeah, so I do it definitely in my art, but also in my personal aesthetic as well.
0: This is a fun one. Um, And I feel like a lot of your influences might count as this, but... uh... Are there any creators out there that you kind of look at as your contemporaries? And I would implore you to like dream big, you know, like I like who out there like do you really think like, oh, you're like, oh, this person is like on the same track as I am
2: doing something with a very similar vibe. So there's one person who comes to mind and in some ways I'm like, I fangirl over her a lot she's she I watch her on YouTube (laughs) I've been watching her on YouTube since I was like since 2020 since like pandemic stuff um I actually don't know her her like full name like her government issued name all I know is (laughs) her name is Paloma the Peach on YouTube and I love her so much she's um she's like a content creator she creates vlogs and YouTube videos but her work is just so fun um she doesn't necessarily create like big scale like oil paintings or anything like that But, um, she just, like, the way that she carries herself in her videos, the way that she, like, her goals, like, she, like, lives in Austin, Texas, and just, like, lives with her partner and, like, creates work. She fully supports herself through her artistic practice. She's completely, like, freelance, like, her own thing. She has, like, a shop. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would love to think that if she lived in New York, we would be friends. (laughs) Because I love her. I'm obsessed with her. Um... I don't, I really don't know her name. And I, but I just bought from her shop. I watch all of her YouTube videos. She's so awesome. She's so relaxing um, to watch. And like, not only am I inspired by her, but I really do think of her as more of a contemporary than someone. Well, like obviously like Alison Bechdel is older um, and has already made incredible strides in her career. Um, And even someone like Tilly Walden, who is more closer to our age, but like she has published a million graphic novels and teaches at the uh the cartoon center whatever in vermont she's like a teacher and everything so oh, yeah. like someone like paloma the peach who like has like at least i feel like probably at least 50k to not more like subscribers like has a following and makes money off of her work but i do think of her as contemporary because we're just doing different things but i want to be if you're listening to this for some reason <laughs> Please be my friend. I bought your work and I comment on your YouTube videos, even though it's embarrassing. Aww, that's
1: so cute, though. That's really I love sweet. That. She should acknowledge
2: you. I mean,
1: she yeah. liked my comments. Oh, so. okay. I see a budding friendship Long there. Kiss. There we go. <laughs> <That's sweet. laughs> no, I love that example. Um, yeah, because it's just someone who's like doing the same things as you, yeah. basically
2: um maybe is her aesthetic like similar to yours very yeah very like cartoony i don't know Did if she you, makes yeah. comics um but she she also is in school but i like don't even know it for she's kind of private with her life on youtube but she like does all these cartoon things she loves like like i'm going through like a cowboy like phase right now i seen oh, with yeah. my like um cornhole but yeah. she did these, like, cowboy boots, and I was, like, we're on the same wavelength. Like, yeah. it's just everything she – and she, she made pins. Like, that's where I got that idea from, and I was, like, I want to make pins. Like, it's just <laughs> so cool. Um, But, yeah. It's cute.
0: Um, I, on the cowboy note, I just want to say I, I feel like it's coming slowly. Like, it's slowly approaching because I also have, like, a little cowgirl heart in me, and, like, I feel like anybody who does, like, now is the time yeah. to, like, be, like, I like
2: cowgirl stuff, like – For the summer – how girls yeah, summer. I don't even How think I would summer. wear cowboy boots because I just don't think it's my thing. But I love like the I don't know if I'd wear it, but I love like drawing it and like looking yeah. at it. Like I love when I see someone wearing cowboy boots. I'm like, Your slang. you're
1: slaying. you are like a classic Wild West, yeah, aesthetic. Yeah, it has to be you in the, an ironic way though.
2: Mm. Like when I went to Nashville, that's <laughs> the thing because it
1: can it borders on like mm. oh these people really actually like think yeah they're. You know, it depends what like, oh, the yeah, country is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, it's there's merits to it.
2: It's
1: yeah. fun, now there's, there's some fun things you boots. can pull out of it.
0: Yeah, um, I have cowgirl boots,
1: I love them. Oh,
0: they're so I think cute. you've seen them, and
1: yeah, yeah, really cute. I love, I love a cowgirl boot. I'm glad those yeah. are. Acceptable to yeah. wear. To yeah, wear nowadays. yeah, yeah, Because, yeah.
0: like, 10 years ago, they were not. No. Um, yeah, they were so... not seen
1: as, like, ironically cute. Like, yeah. they were kind of just like, oh, you're... Are you from, like, Georgia? <laughs> yeah. Why yeah, are yeah, you yeah. wearing those? Or Texas, honestly. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, like, Texas. do you think you're Miley Cyrus? Like, yeah. what's going on? Um, yeah, but I'm glad it's adopted a new kind of cool New York chic vibe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, anyway, so our next question is maybe... A little more interesting to ask a painter because I feel like painters are so individual and we like to do things on our own um not a lot of teamwork or collaboration involved <laughs> um in being a painter but is there if there's anyone out there that you could like collaborate with in any <laughs> shape or form like it doesn't have to be through a painting but it could be through like any kind of medium who would it be it'd probably be my
2: roommate oh. um no it's true it'd be my roommate and also my friend jana jana i don't i don't know i don't know if she's listening to this she's busy she's like a big girl job but no we want we want to do um shout out to jana she's the best but she um we wanted to start an art collective because we went to the the brooklyn art book fair and there were all these like art collectives and i was like we should do that and well and i was like it's not happening but I am filming a podcast Do with it. you that you've been filming for so long and I don't even like I didn't know you were still filming it and now I'm like well I have to listen to all the episodes now but you long- don't have to listen to the <laughs> beginning ones yeah yeah they're <laughs> cringy yeah,
1: yeah,
0: there's a lot of growth like the problem is that we started it when we were like 19
1: Aww. so you
0: can really see like the growth from like Cute. then to now yeah <laughs> I'm scared of those episodes. I'm yeah, not gonna
1: lie to you. Me too. Um, I have
2: not been touched in a. It's like weird to listen to them because I know you, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, this is weird. But, but yeah, no. I wanna I wanna collaborate. I would only collaborate with friends. I have no desire to collaborate with someone yeah. who I don't like or know. I think that's super
0: valid. Um, I also think like I I just saw something really great. I just went to Paris, which was really fun, and um. I got to see the Warhol slash Basquiat like collaborated collaboration um, exhibit and like of stuff that they collaborated on from like 1982 to 1985 or something. Um, it was like so much stuff. Like they literally did like hundreds of like collaborations together, and it was like I didn't even think that was like a thing. Like I didn't even think like artists did that kind of thing. Right. But to have two people with like very distinct and different kind of looks like it was really fascinating to see like that kind of collaboration and I think it like opened my mind to being like oh yeah this is like people can do this kind of thing and it could be really crazy so I also think you mentioned you and Antonella or like and Jaina too and I feel like you all have like distinct aesthetics in your art but I can also see like some overlap which could really like work well together.
2: Yeah, well, Jaina and I shared like a studio wall and under, well, technically all three of us shared a studio wall. Um, but Jane and I specifically, like, we're always like, we are literally peering into each other's studios because we would always be painting similar things. Um, I mean, Antonella does less figure work, but Jane and I both do yeah. figure work. And so we always were painting the same thing. And then with Antonella, while our, like, artistic work is maybe a little bit different, our personal aesthetics overlap a ton. I mean, that's why yeah. our living room looks the way it does, because we both <laughs> agree yeah. on so many things. Mm-hmm. So, um, definitely a lot of overlap with both people.
1: Yeah, that has to happen. Yeah, I feel like I, that's so interesting, the Basquiat-Andy Warhol thing. I didn't know that happened.
2: <laughs> There's always yeah. the most,
1: like, random like, I'm like oh that happened at the same time. Yeah. Oh, they were both alive. Oh, I guess <laughs> they yeah, were
0: like that's true <laughs> besties too. Like they were like best friends too. And they were like twenty years apart, I think. Thirty years apart maybe. Like and they were like best friends. It was pretty
2: crazy. Um I feel but... like that happens a lot in the art world. Like I like I feel like like painters and stuff are all friends with each other. I mean there's always there's this like Bushwick painter vibe that's going on right now with like Sasha Gordon. Um, and all those people, and I feel like they all. Who? Sasha Gordon is. Wait, <laughs> she is not my contemporary, but I want her to be. She... Mm. <laughs> she's like in actual museums, like she's crazy. But she's um, she's a painter. I think she she must have went to RISD or something like that, and she does like hyper realistic stuff. She's mm. she's crazy. She's like really really good. But there's there's this whole like Bushwick painting art club that where like all these painters and artists live in like Bushwick specifically and yeah I just I feel like they're all like I feel like they would all collaborate because they're all like friends and they are like I follow all of you separately on Instagram I like all of your work separately but it's weird that you're all friends too right
0: yeah the sacrifice there is that you'd have to live in
2: Bushwick though yeah We're all in agreement on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Not our thing. We're going to get blamed. I know. Do you guys get hate comments? Do
0: we? From what? Oh, no. No, we get no comments. <laughs> we get zero. <laughs> it's just been downhill since then. No, um, no, our stats really like, had just been very consistent since since the beginning. The, not since the beginning. Since like the third season, probably. So... Just stick to it and Mm. random people and, like, the UK and Germany. That's so random. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) It's so random. Um, Anyway. Okay, this one is fun, but I might have to explain it. Um, So, like, what kind of art would you want to pair with your own art? Or what would you like to pair with your own art? Um, So, like, you know how when you have, like, wine, you do, like, a cheese pairing with your wine? Like,
2: what would you pair with your art? probably music um but also like I think food's a good idea too because I feel like like my picnic painting is very food oriented and like I'm very interested in food and like the aesthetics of food so food's a good one um and also music because it's so it's very it's like very behind the scenes but it's very important to like everything I'm making because I listen to music like if I'm not like at work I work at Trader Joe's if I'm not at Trader Joe's shout out out to Trader Joe's (laughs) if I'm not at Trader Joe's I'm probably listening or talking Antonella I'm probably listening to music because I (laughs) I like wake up and put my headphones in and like make my breakfast and take the train and then I take my headphones off to work and then that's it
1: what kind of music like give us the full like auditory visual uh sensory experience (laughs) like
2: what are we listening to what are we eating what are we eating uh Phoebe Bridgers mainly but I love I love Phoebe Bridgers I love Fiona Apple like indie pop indie that, yeah. rock kind of vibe but um female artists too always specifically. Yeah. yeah i've i've been like expanding a little bit into like more not female artists but mainly okay. female artists um well, and, not just
0: female artists like female solo singers yeah kind of, so yeah like
2: yeah. i've been i've been listening to um men i trust who's i love i don't know like if it's just her, I don't like know who she is. is it is her name Lauren? I don't know. My her f- name is Emma. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! I did not know. And that. she
0: has like the same hair as me she too. In Wild. No. Um, That's so funny. Yeah, it's not just her. There's a couple of them, but she's like the like her face is all yes. over everything.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been listening to them recently, and I've been really trying to like expand and listen to like instrumental stuff without words. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> I can give you help with that if you want. I, <laughs> That's like I one want, of the things I love. I
2: want recommendations. Okay. Um, but yeah, I like, it. I don't know. I'm, I'm always in my Phoebe Bridgers, Fiona Apple moment, but I'm trying to like expand. But yeah.
1: I love that. What food? Oh, what food? Like if you had to make a Pinterest board of like your paintings, mm-hmm. then you have to like add food to that Pinterest board. What are the foods? Probably
2: cakes. Probably cakes. I was going to say
0: cakes. The big, like, colorful cakes, yeah, too. Yeah,
2: colorful cakes and, yeah. like, um... With cherries on top. Yeah, very much cherries and, like, just, like, vintage food that, like, yeah. like gelatin. Like, things like that. Like, any if you go into, like, a... I love, like, there's this um, vintage cookbook store in Greenpoint.
0: Yes. do you, I want to
2: go, like, Lydia's or Linda's cookbooks or something. No. I don't know what it's called, but oh, it's Oh, I think that. I'm thinking of a we might be one. thinking of a different one yeah but this one has like vintage cookbooks new cookbooks and also these like cookbook zines we should all go it would be fun
1: yeah, um, Definitely. um
2: but yeah like the it's just all these like vintage cookbook aesthetics The a food i would literally never eat or make but i love the aesthetics of it it's so pleasing right. to me so
1: love it um okay, hey. Okay. so we're moving I'll on Get to... back to you in the
0: what i want to go to actually i think it's in the west village never mind but yeah um uh, anyway
1: i want to go there too yeah. we'll go to all of them all the cookbook yeah. stores cookbook day <laughs> yeah cookbook day i love cookbooks i love the aesthetic of cookbooks but anyways moving on to part three Woo. um They're really fun parts what is part three actually
0: it's like the personal part like this is where we get more to your personal aesthetic but also just you personally it's just nice, nice to like put a personality to the art you know
1: so starting off how do you best honor your different interests across
2: all art forms and you identify with one over the other my main interests are all in the visual arts <laughs> and most of them are drawing and painting I don't really have any interest in creating any other type of work but I have an interest in consuming yeah. art that's outside of visual arts. And I think I'm always, a mu- I'm always multitasking. Whenever I'm making work, I'm either listening to a podcast, listening to music, or watching some form of TV, film, or like a YouTube video or something. So I guess just doing it all at once is my answer. <laughs> yeah. Over- <laughs> Overload yeah. overstimulation, stimulation. Just over-stimula- yeah. Maximalism. Yeah. Like, obviously. <laughs> In
1: his purest form. Yeah.
0: So no. <laughs> I think we touched upon this a couple times. What form of media do you draw the most inspiration from? I guess this is kind of more specifically, like, where do you get the most inspiration from?
2: Yeah. Probably visual arts, but um, I think like listening to lyrics, reading books, because I've been I've been reading a lot lately. Like, I think that's part of it too. Um, but yeah, those three. What are your
1: personal favorite fashion aesthetics? You said grunge goth but like maybe some things that you don't personally
2: wear yeah I think I even though I don't wear necessarily grunge and goth things like to the extreme I love like people who go all out and like wear just black corsets and black or even if it's not black just like people who go full in and wear layers I can't I have sensory issues so I can't (laughs) wear layers but anyone who like fully goes into a fit especially grunge and goth Wearing tons of layers, tons of accessories, things like that. I don't know. People, like, shoes are interesting to me because I will only wear, like, sneakers and docks. But I think, like, people who wear other shoes are really cool. <laughs> like, people who branch out from that. There's so many different types of heels. And I will never wear heels because I they're not comfortable. But <laughs> I'm watching Sex in the City and I'm yes. watching Carrie Bradshaw. And I'm like, you, the shoes are great. So maybe those things. shoes say. are
1: great.
0: I I fully agree with the heels thing and I think the thing that everyone lies to us about is that those actresses, first of all, are putting those heels on for the take and they're taking them off right afterwards. True. And everyone else in the world, like every like boss lady, she wears flats from the subway, from her front door to the subway, to the office. You know, when she gets to so the office, true. she puts on the stilettos. I think it's a very unrealistic thing to be like, oh, she's wearing stilettos 24-7. Definitely not. Definitely not happening, you know? No. Um, definitely not. Everyone has slippers in their desk drawer, like it's a thing. Um, so true. <laughs> That's a good point. I was going to say for you, if I can. Um, yes. I feel like you, you've you brought it up, which is why I'm saying it, but maybe a little like Americana, 50s diner kind of thing because you like yeah. vintage stuff, especially like that kind of like pop 50s kind of thing, reds and blues and, and that kind of thing. to the primary color in your aesthetic and in your art as well.
2: So true. My quintessential like the way I would dress is as a boy in the 70s or the 80s. <laughs> like I love. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way, like I look at like old pictures of my dad and I literally like steal all my dads clothes my mom gets so mad she's like why aren't you stealing my clothes Because <laughs> my dad is fashionable and the way that my dad dressed in the 70s and 80s is the way I want to dress now so that's why I, I want to see
0: example photos <laughs> i'll send you photos yeah it's
2: like very and it, it's funny because like my dad has genuinely no sense of fashion he dresses the way he dresses purely out of being really cheap and having not bought new clothes in five years and having no fashion sense to the point where it's fashion sense in an ironic way right. norm core no yeah, no it's yeah, yeah, so yeah. i love it's like it's so it's so chic i mean sometimes he misses but when he when he serves he serves the the golf the golf shirts are not served (laughs) but everything else i do
0: love a dad hand me down though i used to love just getting like the baggiest t-shirts from him i still do i don't usually take pants any like tops any jacket yeah eat that stuff up i love it
1: yeah t-shirts always good Got undershirt think about men's undershirts like the material is different and it's better men's clothing is Um, made better so right. it's, I have some gems yeah. from my father as well. Mm. That's interesting. I would I would
0: agree with men's stuff men's clothing being made better. Probably because like women's clothing is made in order for us to throw it away within like the year and then buy something new. Yeah
2: yeah i mean i i want to be fashionable fashionable but at the same time like i want to be comfortable and there's something about men's clothes like they're made for utility and comfort Uh, the age-old thing of like pockets we all know that one where women's clothing doesn't have pockets and men's does even just like there's some stupid shirts out there like that (laughs) i'm just like what like who came up with that and they they usually like look good on people But I'm like, that is the most uncomfortable material. It is like so tight. And it's just men's clothes. Usually they serve, honestly, like without trying. And I'm like, I want that level of-
1: That's why I love going to like a army, navy. Yeah. Yeah. There's some like really good basic items there. Okay we haven't
0: talked uh, about movies and you know no. movies
2: yeah I i'm gonna be so thing. honest with you emma yes i'm not a movie person are you a tv person lost too no i'm not i'm oh, just not a, i'm yeah. neither. i'm just i don't want well okay i like sex in the city <laughs> okay here's here's the movies that i gravitate towards yeah. twilight that's it there's so much there though this is the thing no, there is. like there's there is. so much to break down like i have friends from work shout out to marcella she's really into movies. Yeah. And she was like, let's watch Midsommar. And I watched it and I really liked it. But she was like going on all of these things. And I was like, I am not thinking about that. (laughs) It's kind of like the way that my dad looks at paintings and, and is like... I mean, it's. I guess it's nice, but I don't get it, and it's. That's kind of my take on movies. I. I don't know why you'd think I would. But, but I find you know.
1: that even as someone I don't know like much about like movie production or anything like that, I do still find like, I am drawn to certain like visuals. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Which I feel like you definitely like, that counts. No, you know? I
2: am, but like I, I just. I, I find it so hard to sit down and watch a movie. Like, okay. I just don't wanna watch a movie. I like, I just think I have like a low attention span or something, but I just
0: can't no, watch movies. I mean, I think it's interesting because I, I think we've been talking about this a lot lately on the podcast in general. And I think you have a point that it's kind of like the thing where your dad doesn't really get visual art. So it, maybe he pays less attention to it just because. And there is, in all forms of art, there is this kind of like learning curve that you have to like reach to like understand this this form of art you have to like reach this point which is also why i think uh right now in film very showy entertainment based films which are not bad things they're entertainment like they're there for that right. reason you know that's why they're so popular right now is because for lack of a better word like film as an art form literacy is kind of not very high and that that's fine you know but it does make making art in the film world harder from my perspective
1: okay, okay. um my favorite <laughs> question is uh, which mythical creature do you identify with the most? I said mermaid. Emma, what did you say last time? Fairy. Yeah, I guess fairy. I I don't know. Like I would be between like fairy or vampire
2: or I don't know. Bro, you stole mine. <laughs> I it'd probably be vampire. But let me think. I let me think if I can think of anything more creative than vampire. Yeah. Witch actually. Witches think. are cool.
0: Yeah. I meant for me, witches sorry. are cool. <laughs> <laughs> for me, oh, I was <laughs> like
2: I was like I don't know if I would probably more of a vampire. Yeah because of twilight or maybe a ghost a I ghost. A ghost i don't actually i'm not gonna say that That's no powerful. i could see like a no <laughs> no i was i gonna mean say, like you i was about to say like i don't believe in ghosts yeah no not say that no <laughs> but i actually like as much as i don't believe in ghosts i also believe in ghosts yeah. because i feel weird saying that because i'm like now i'm gonna get haunted, yeah. so <laughs> i'm right Creepy. now i'm like
1: going through all the monster high dolls because those are all yeah different. Yeah, yeah zombie yeah, there's like a zombie girl there's a uh, Abominable snowman girl. Yeah, are you? <laughs> <laughs> that's, me.
2: Uh, <laughs> that's me. No, it's not me. That's definitely not
1: me. Um, Banshee. Well, because there's like there's horror mythical. Yeah, werewolf. Like, siren. Siren. Ooh. Siren. Sirens are. Fun. Yeah, actually. Also, like
0: with like the you have like a very like feminism like line in your work, and I feel like that could line up.
2: True, well. but there it's. I feel like the whole thing with the siren is it's i feel like the whole purpose is to lure men and i just don't want anything to do with men it's too men oriented that's what i would say about a siren that's fair that's fair but i think sirens are cool just to kill them but yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> it's literally murder them. yeah let's go
0: with ghost i feel like that that works i could see ghost yeah work. i like the ghost, ghost
2: one casper yeah i There's love it yeah chloe the ghost <laughs> chloe the ghost <laughs>
0: This one, I actually love this question. Random thing you've been obsessed with lately? Because after we, after I think Antonella pitched this question, I was like, there's always something, isn't there, that you're obsessed with like week to week. Me personally, like every
2: week I'm, I got a new thing, but. So true. Probably, uh, cave accidents this week. I was just watching, I just watched this, I'm not even lying. I was watching this hour-long YouTube video about horrible cave accidents that (laughs) happen in the world because- being stuck in a cave is my worst nightmare like genuinely i can't think of any like a worse way for me to claustrophobic i'm very claustrophobic i'm very afraid of the dark i hate being underground i like hate being like you can't move like oh my god so probably like okay cave videos
0: this is like a fear i've never had and now i have
2: this fear like (laughs) every year i go through this phase where i look up horrible horrible things yeah and yeah like this year it's caves and last year it was like the yellowstone super volcano um so that's what i've been i've been been obsessed with cave accidents do you think we'll be seeing some of that reflected in your work i hope not (laughs) (laughs) i really hope not wait also something else i've been obsessed with recently is dreams i've been having some funny funny dreams so
1: Dreamy caves. That's fun. Dreamy caves,
2: yeah. I can
1: see it. Um, So, any upcoming projects
2: on the horizon? Um, Not that I can think of, (laughs) but I just joined the art team at Trader Joe's Soho. Yeah. Which I've decided is my first big girl job, so. Yes stay tuned i love look for my instagram look for go to the soho trader joe's look out for some signs yeah and it's only this like literally like you look at a product and you're like what price is that and you look up and you that was me (laughs) that's all i'm making so we i I made one sign that was a little bit bigger for organic basil so if you're at trader Joe's soho and you see the organic basil sign that was me Can't wait to see more.
1: I also love the little
0: update photos on the, on the gram. Definitely follow Chloe Carson art. It's worth your time for the Trader Joe's (laughs) labels. (laughs) Any thoughts that you would want to leave behind for someone that would want to become an artist in any form or
2: like in visual art specifically, whatever you, your take Um, is. I guess this is true for like all types of art, but specifically for visual arts, always just practice. That's what I would say. And Um, cause I feel like I'm always viewing my work as a, like, in progress. If I saw my work five years ago, I'd be, like, blown away with what I'm making. Like, I'm so much better than I was five years ago. But right now I'm like, no, I need to be better. I need to keep practicing, blah, blah, blah. So I feel like the only way to be good at anything, unfortunately, is to do it a lot. So... (laughs) Just practice a lot. And if you enjoy doing something, whether it's painting or drawing or making films or making music or whatever you're into, even if it's like basketball or something, (laughs) if if we have any (laughs) basketball heads out there, like keep doing that because (laughs) keep keep going because I feel like like don't let the haters win. Always overcome the haters and do do what uh, you want to do always
1: I love
2: yeah. that yeah yeah I do love that ignore yeah. the haters ignore the haters because they're out there fuck out the haters there's so many haters out there and don't listen
0: to them <laughs> yeah. yay thank you Chloe thank you of course this, this is so, so lovely fun.
2: having you
0: yeah thanks for yay. having me so once again that was us talking to Chloe Carson thank you again Chloe for taking the time out to talk to us be sure to check out Chloe's art Instagram for updates on everything she does and updates on her stuff at Trader Joe's. Um, thank you to ACAST for hosting us. And thank you to Phineas O'Brien for our theme some. Bye-bye. <laughs>